God bless you and welcome to Yesterday Ended, Healing the Traumas of Life. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thank you so much for joining me today. How much storage space do you have in your house or business? What are you holding on to in those spaces? What things of value do you have? And how do you calculate that value? How much storage space do you have in your heart? What are you holding on to within your heart? What things of value do you have in your heart? And how do you calculate the value of what you have in your heart? At times in our lives, we can be deceived into placing value on things that are actually dead weight. We look at things because of what they did for us in our past. But in reality, we are holding on to lies that are now strongholds within our hearts. We have come to believe that certain things we have will someday be a benefit to us, but in reality are just slowing us down. If you recognize you're in the situation of holding on to things of the past, today's episode may illuminate you and awaken you to help you say, it's time for spring cleaning. Give a listen. My woodworking shop has been in a 5,000 square foot warehouse for the last seven years. I shared the space with the owner of a remodeling company who had been there for well over a decade. The work that I do assembling children's playgrounds has left me with a bunch of extra parts that has taken up a lot of space in the warehouse. Recently, the owner of the building asked me to clean up. Also, the owner of the remodeling company is retiring, and we have a 22-foot-long roll-off dumpster that's 8 feet wide and 8 feet tall, and we're going to fill it to the brim with old stuff. Some of my old stuff I could use, but I am amazed while I have been cleaning up how much junk I have held on to. It is so appropriate that it is springtime. It's definitely well past spring cleaning by a few years. For most people, we have been through more than one romantic relationship through our lives. Some ended amicably, while others ended in, let's say, disaster. How much of that disaster are we holding on to? Are we holding on to the pain? While it is a completely different subject for another podcast, we can develop what's called a soul tie with people and things. We become literally attached to a person or thing. There comes a time when we have to ask ourselves, to what are we holding on? Held tightly in my grasp, my heart from it will not unclasp. It hurts like the poison of an asp. The pain of my past lives on. I embrace the love of days gone by, unwilling to admit that it did die. The truth and reality I still deny, allowing the pain of my past to live on. Photos, cards, and letters to them I cling. Remembrance of yesterday to me they bring, hoping that once again life might spring, only to find the pain of my past lives on. Finally awakened, I see I have fed on ash. The memories of my past I must no longer rehash. It's time to throw those memories in the trash so that no longer 
the pain of my past lives on. Over 20 years ago, I was engaged to be married. Seven weeks before the wedding, my fiancé called it off. I remember being very broken at that moment. I can remember that evening I actually sobbed. In my past, I had a problem with rejection that to this day I must be very careful how I think of situations and not let that darkness enter in. Though I can still vividly remember that moment, I no longer hold on to, as some would say, the could have been. I no longer hold on to that lost relationship. Broken relationships, either romantic or business or family, can leave huge scars. Unfulfilled dreams and desires can also leave arrows in our hearts. It's time for some heart surgery and time to recognize that some of what we hold on to is dead weight that's killing us. We place a value on things that are of no worth, and if we do it enough, it can become idolatrous. Years ago, as I was studying the word heart, I came across a section of scripture in Isaiah that shows how we can be deceived into holding on to something that is literally a lie. We find this in Isaiah chapter 44, starting in verse 18. They have not known nor understood, for he hath shut their eyes that they cannot see, and their hearts that they cannot understand. And none considereth in his heart, neither is there knowledge nor understanding to say, I have burned part of it in the fire. Yea, also, I have baked bread upon the coals thereof. I have roasted flesh and eaten it. And shall I make the residue thereof an abomination? Shall I fall down to the stalk of a tree? He feedeth on ashes. A deceived heart hath turned him aside, that he cannot deliver his soul, nor say, Is there not a lie in my right hand? The context of these verses is about a man, a carpenter, who has cut down a tree and has made something out of it. Then he takes another part of the tree and makes a fire and cooks bread and meat and has dinner. Then he takes another part of the tree and carves an idol and bows down to it to worship it. It is amazing at times how blind we can be. And as verse 20 says, he is feeding on ashes. A deceived heart has turned him aside that he cannot deliver his soul nor say, is there not a lie in my right hand? It is time to awaken out of the slumber of our past. God, by his grace, has not chosen to remodel us or put a new coat of paint on us and call us new. He killed off our past in the crucifixion and death of Christ and made us a new creation, wherein all things are made new. Are you living in your old identity or as a new creation? What we did in the past has been not just covered, but purged, cleansed, put into the grave, never to be seen again because of the work of our Savior Jesus. The cross of Christ can be the pivot point of our lives. We can place the failures and brokenness of our past at his feet, but we must be willing to say goodbye and good riddance to our past. We cannot let the dead weight of our past stop us from moving forward. Too many of us have become runners. We run from here to there and are excessively busy. Consider Jesus in Mark 
chapter 1, verse 35, where it says, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. Unfortunately, there are not many people who can get away from it all regularly because of the structure of our lives these days. And because we have gotten so busy, things around us begin to accumulate, not only physically, but mentally. In the last two years, I have adopted the practice of a quiet time with the Lord. I endeavor simply to be still and to listen. And I endeavor to shut off my brain, so to speak. As the phrase the Lord gave me many years ago, I need to pray more, think less. And in these moments of quiet, the Lord speaks to me. At other times, I simply learn to rest and be in his presence. For someone to whom the word accomplish has always been a taskmaster, the idea of simply sitting and doing nothing has been a new skill to learn. I'm learning that being in God's presence accomplishes more than all the running around I might do otherwise. I am learning to let go of all my so-called control of my life. I'm learning what Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 teaches us. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Who or what is directing your path these days? If we are holding on to things of the past, they can cause us to go in directions that do not lead forward. The old saying is, it's hard to drive forward when you're looking in the rearview mirror. Another issue of our past that can linger and haunt us is the pain that others have afflicted upon us. We cannot hold on to the pain of past trauma or injustice. We must learn to forgive. Consider this lesson that Christ gave the disciples in Luke chapter 17, verses 3 through 5. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. I've always thought it somewhat humorous that the apostles asked the Lord to increase their faith upon hearing that they must forgive someone seven times in a day. I must admit for myself, it would require miraculous faith to be able to be hurt seven times in a day and then turn and in love actually forgive those that hurt me. But that is our calling. It's in the Lord's Prayer that we forgive those that trespass against us. And the Lord's Prayer is not just some repetitious sayings. It is instruction from our Lord Jesus on how to live life. There are other things we can hold on to that can slow us down. We can hold on to certain accomplishments that bring us a certain identity wherein we can boast. We can hold on to the accolades of the world and sometimes not realize we are exalting them above what God has made us. There's a great example of this in the life of the Apostle Paul. We pick this up in Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 8. 
Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me? those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. We have to be very careful about how we view our accomplishments in the flesh. As you can see from the credentials of the Apostle Paul, he had a lot whereof he could boast, but he chose to count them as a pile of manure. So we see that not only the harsh things of our past, but sometimes even good things can be held onto and lifted up beyond their proper station. I once heard someone call Jesus God's chief sanitation officer. Jesus came and cleaned up the mess of Adam and Eve, and to this day is still cleaning up our messes as we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's time for us to set out the trash and let Jesus bury it. Finally awakened, I see, I have fed on ash. The memories of my past I must no longer rehash. It's time to throw those memories in the trash so that no longer the pain of my past lives on. This past week of cleaning out my workshop has caused me to go down memory lane a bit. Oh yeah, I remember where I got this. But what was I thinking when I kept this? As I was getting rid of seven years of accumulated stuff... I recognized, as I said before, how much junk I was holding on to. It was mixed in with some good stuff, but nonetheless, there was a bunch of junk. Closer to home, I have endeavored to attack my garage every few months to clean out stuff, and junk still remains. I'm holding on to things that do have some value, but I need to get honest. What is the ultimate value of what we hold on to? To what are you holding on to?